Welcome to the third episode of the EU Smart Tourism podcast. My name is Misa from the European Commission, and today we are talking about smart tourism and the digital space. Smart gets you further. A major part of the European Capital Smart Tourism competition is discovering destinations across Europe that are digital leaders and who are working constantly, so not just on one single project, but constantly on innovative ways to use data and technology in tourism. Why is this important? Because data and technology can innovate and improve the sector, the industry, the offers, but it can also help tourism become more sustainable. Now, if you're interested in sustainability in tourism, this is what we discussed in the previous episode of the podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, it is episode two of the Use Smart Tourism podcast. Some examples on how destinations can use data and technology to elevate the services they provide and become more attractive. Making bus stops more interactive, for example, but using QR codes, which you can click on while waiting for your bus and getting the information that you need for the next step of your journey, for example. Another way to use data in an efficient way would be to provide it online for free in an easy-to-use manner so that businesses and destination managers alike can use it to strategize and make better decisions. Another example would be how to use big data as a force for good in making the tourism industry stronger and more resilient, for example, in case of a global pandemic. And sadly, we've, we've all seen how that went the last time. Big data can also make your holiday better, more enjoyable and safer. In this episode of the Use Smart Tourism podcast, I will be speaking with a number of experts in the field of digital smart tourism. They are exploring, they're creating a new and exciting world for European tourism to move into. First, we talk to Professor Dimitrios Buhales, Professor of Smart Tourism at the Bournemouth University Business School. My area of expertise is strategic management and marketing, specifically for tourism and how technology and digitization is affecting the tourism industry globally to improve its competitiveness and uh, its strategy. So let's start with the basics. What makes information and technology such an important part of the tourism economy? The tourism industry is an activity where there is effectively a matchmaking between demand and supply. And in order to make that matchmaking, we are taking people, travellers, away from their area of living where they're comfortable to areas that they've never been before. And quite often they may not be speaking the language or they may have not uh, any engagement with the local culture. So information is really critical in providing uh, the right product to the right customer and to engage them in this conversation. And then technology is providing the platforms where uh, demand and supply is meeting and engaging in that transaction. So information technology is really critical for the production of tourism, for the distribution of tourism, and for enabling people from different backgrounds uh, to reach the right product and the right service at the right time, at the right price, and to create the experience that they would like to to have. All right, let's break it down. What are the main intersections, the main nodes, the main points through a tourist's journey where technology and information become crucial for good decision-making? When we're dealing with tourism and technology, we can see that technology is critical throughout all elements of what we call the traveler journey. 
So before someone is arriving, they need information about the destination. They need information about availability of facilities and prices. And they need to know whether a particular facility, say a hotel, a restaurant, a theater, a cultural uh, site, a museum, is suitable for their needs and their requirements. So at the first stage, we've got people looking for information about their travel experience and suppliers of tourism providing this information to them. At the next stage, when they arrive at the destination, they make a lot of decisions as they are going along, smaller decisions uh, than, than before they arrive. So before they arrive, they make decisions about uh, flights or transportation or hotels. Uh, while they are at the destination, they make a lot of decisions on how they are going to spend their time. And a lot of these decisions are contextually based. So it may be according to the time, according to the day, according to the events that are happening, according to the weather, and according to uh, the availability of different information that's at the destination. And then when they leave uh, the destination, they take with them a lot of information and a lot of media in terms of pictures, souvenirs, a lot of different things that they may share across um, social media and other platforms to share it with their friends, influencing their decision for the future, whether they'll go back or whether they should choose this destination or what facilities should they choose at the destination. As we all know, many of the most basic digital services have redefined the way that we travel. Just think about how you map things or ride a cab, um, how you book online or how you review a restaurant. It's, it's quite a list. I was uh, driving recently somewhere and I couldn't find the place and someone was complaining in my car, oh, we cannot find the place. And I said, look, If we were to do this 20 years ago, we would have had to have maps in advance, um, uh, route everything on the map and kind of trying to execute it without any any real-time information. Now, you arrive anywhere and you say, okay, take me to this place. And then when you arrive in this place, say, what's the best restaurants if I would like to eat, I don't know, Greek food or, or Italian food or German food or whatever. And then everything is plotted in front of you. Life is so much easier now than what we, we used to have in the past. And from the supplier point of view, if you have got a good supply and you, have, you can create good experiences, You can go forward and engage with the different customers, engage physically and digitally. So you can always uh, promote your products and and you can co-create experience based on an understanding of the customer. The reality of being a tourist or a tourism actor, someone who provides services in the industry, is constantly changing. The ground is always moving under our feet. And that constant movement, that constant change, is what defines the relationship of the tourism industry with technology. The tourism industry is in the forefront of the use of technology. And this is not much of a choice because we don't have the ability to do tourism without using technology. The airlines, of course, have used technology since the early 60s when they developed their computer reservation systems and then the global distribution systems. And then uh, each organization has adopted 
a degree of technology to make sure that they operate, they communicate with their customers and they engage with their, all their partners in order to co-create the tourism experiences. Uh, the thing is because in the tourism industry, nobody is operating on their own and there are co-dependencies with a lot of other suppliers. We need to develop, develop uh, value systems and we need to develop uh, value chains that bring all the different actors together to satisfy the, the, the tourism demand. And therefore, technology is not optional in tourism and very few players have actually escaped the use of technology. Normally, technological developments are driven by private companies. So the question is, what is the role of the cities or local administrations or in general of the public sector through this transformation? The uh, public sector is very critical in providing the infrastructure and coordinating the different players together in order to be able to develop and deliver tourism. So what you see is that destination management systems are bringing together the entire range of the tourism uh, resources and the different products and services uh, in platforms where people can access and, and assess. Because primarily private sector is only selling their own property and their own proposition. When someone is going to a destination, let's say, Uh, to Naxos Island in Greece, uh, they would like to start from one hotel and one airline, but then they would like to come along and enjoy a range of restaurants and a range of entertaining uh, facilities, uh, a range of museums, a range of different things. So the public sector is critical in bringing all of this together. And especially for the small businesses, it's really critical to support their presentation in the marketplace. So, for example, the public sector needs to, and the destination rather than the public sector, makes sure that that understands when, when the next boat will be arriving. And then if the boat is arriving in the middle of the night, there must be uh, enough transportation, enough hospitality, enough people to do passport controls, enough people to facilitate all this movement of people. And this is where uh, technology is really critical because we need to coordinate many different organizations to operate in one way to support all the consumers. Now on big data. Everyone wants big data to make good, efficient decisions in real time. But how does it work exactly? What we have now is a lot of technologies that they can uh, identify activity and uh, uh, demonstrate when the activity is happening in the, and geotag this activity. Um, that helps us to understand movements of people. We, need to, we understand where people are going, where are the pressure points, and how we should take measures to ensure the sustainability of those places. Um, increasingly, we use uh, cameras and we use sensors and we use a range of different technologies to, coll to collect information about what is the situation. And in real time, increasingly in real time, we make decisions. We employ artificial intelligence and uh, to understand what is the situation in a particular place and make decisions for that place. Uh, the, the, the easiest way to understand that is uh, when you have got traffic situations and you understand what is the direction of traffic and then you may change lanes or you may change uh, the traffic lights or you may um, divert uh, 
um, uh, traffic, you can do a lot of different things, provided you've got the information. So big data is critical in developing smart tourism destinations because they're collecting information from different players in the different areas to, uh, to ensure that the destination performs well and uh, there are no pressure points and we're doing tourism sustainably. Now, to make things a bit more complicated, tourism is a lot about disconnecting. Digital tools are all about getting connected to someone or to something. So how do we work this out? This is a very complex question because, first of all, when we're talking about tourism, we're not talking about only leisure tourism. We are also talking about travel, business travel, medical travel, uh, all kind of uh, traveling for any kind of uh, purpose and motivation. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of travel is actually facilitated by the technological advancements and by integrating the different resources together. Now, as far as switching off technology and switch off, um, there are different ways of people switching off. There are people who like to leave uh, their mobile phones and their technology away and go into nature and immerse and all the rest of it. And there are other people that they can only relax if they feel that they're on top of the information that they've got. Um, so for me, if I don't have access to my uh, data, internet, email, uh, the key information provision for a couple of hours, I start getting very nervous and I, I cannot relax. Others are exactly the opposite. They, they go away, they lock their mobile phone, their computer away, for two weeks or when they're on holiday, and then they come back and they're looking to what has happened in the last two weeks. Um, as a tourism professional, I believe in the courtesy of choice. So we are here to provide uh, whatever uh, makes people relax and meet their expectations and meet their requirements that will enable them to relax. And if they relax by having technology, so be it. If they relax by locking their technology away, that's their choice as well. Another buzzword these days is metaverse, or ways to offer in-person experiences in a virtual way. Some companies and some European cities are already investing in this. According to Professor Buhalis, this is not going to compete with traditional tourism, but it's going to add value to it. Well, metaverse will enhance the tourism experience because when you're going to a destination that you have never been before, uh, let's say New Delhi in India, right? Um, you really want to have a clearer idea of what you'll do and how you can optimize your time there. Let's say that you're spending four days there. And by using immersive technologies, you'll be able to understand uh, what is, is the value of a particular destination and select your itinerary accordingly. Now, there's a big question whether this will reduce uh, the tourism activity, but I think, in fact, it will increase it because the more familiar you become with something, the more you really like to taste it and, uh, and use it in real time and in real life. So, therefore, I feel that Metaverse will actually encourage more tourism rather than less tourism. Back to present times, our next guest comes from Helsinki, a city that's been experimenting with open source big data in new and original ways. My name is Jukka Punamäki. I work for the city of Helsinki at the Economic Development Department at the Tourism Unit. Helsinki was one of our Smart Capital Award winners in 2019. 
They have been thinking of themselves as a digital platform of sorts, and they have been building up services to support the tourism industry in its efforts to become smarter and more efficient. We say in Helsinki that uh, we want to be a platform for the tourism companies. So we are not an actor in tourism, as you might consider tourism in, in a normal way, but we are just trying to put up the best possible platform for the companies. And this requires a lot of digitalization from the city side. The city's platform provides companies with different types of services. For example, like cutting down on red tape. But the crown jewel is the way it provides public access to all of its data. In general, I would say that Helsinki as a city has been on the forefront of digitalization for years. Our aim is to be the most functional city in the world. And, that, and this is, of course, about digitalization as a whole. First of all, open data is one quite good example in things that we've been doing quite well. So uh, Helsinki was one of the first cities, if not the first city, to really open our data. We have this open data platform called Helsinki Region InfoShare. And the idea behind it is that if we have any kind of data in, in Helsinki, we want to open it, unless there is some specific reason why we can't open it. This has been going a long time, and it's also relating to tourism, since we've been opening our uh, tourism data as well for anybody to use. So, for example, our tourism website called myhelsinki.fi is full of really high quality content where our professionals are producing it and then curating it in a, in a good way. But rather for us trying to get everybody to come to our tourism uh, website we have an open API for all this data to share it with the world. So we want to have this data to 100 different websites rather than just to one. Anybody could come and take the same data to their website. Our big vision is, which is quite difficult to, to obtain in the end, but it could be that, for example, TripAdvisor could take our data and use it in their platform. So. TripAdvisor would be happy that we do all the work for them. We have really high quality content and we would be really happy to have our content spread out through the world. What kind of data are we talking about here? One example is location-based data, which can tell you how crowded hotspots are at any given time in real time. So we wanted to know where do tourists go in the city center area because in general, we have no idea. Of course, I can go to the street and see if there are tourists or not, but that's difficult. So what we did is that we put 150 uh, beacons or uh, devices that can pick up the Bluetooth signal from, from people's phones. And uh, these days, uh, there has been several cases where we have calculated that approximately 90% of all the people have their Bluetooth signals on. So with this uh, technology, we were able to uh, follow where the people go in the city center area. Of course, it's completely GDPR uh, proof. So it's only about uh, like masses going about. And for with this information, then we could uh, plan that, okay, for some reason, tourists are not going into this, this section of the city center area. Should we do something about it? Or we can look at over tourism issues and see, okay, this place is now too many people here. Can we do something about it? But then one actually kind of like a spin-off from this was that we created this Helsinki heat map, which in real time, or actually it's one minute delay, but it's almost in real time. We can see, we can have the Helsinki city map and people can see where there are traffics or not. And especially during the COVID time, we thought that this could be beneficial so that the tourists 
coming into the city can see if some place is uh, crowded. For example, Senate Square is one of our main tourism sites. So they could go into the map on their phone and see, okay, uh, Senate Square is now uh, full of people. We don't want to go there. Let's go somewhere else. Or the other way around now when COVID is uh, uh, luckily not that bad anymore, they can see, okay, there's a crowd on Senate Square. Maybe something is happening. Let's go there. So this is some one interesting thing that we've been working on. It is a pilot and there's lots to be done, but but we are really excited about that. As we all know, because of COVID, our use of digital tools has increased massively in almost every aspect of our life, and tourism is no exception. Our next guest, Dejan Ristik from the city of Ljubljana, tells us a story of accelerated development in the digital space. When COVID hit us, First of all, we were faced with the challenge of how to inform tourists that cannot travel about what's happening in Ljubljana, how to bring Ljubljana tourism offer to them. And we started developing uh, projects also for our, our residents and uh, people living in Ljubljana. Uh, we started with culture on the web. We started producing a lot of digital materials. We developed few projects out of it for the tourists that could visit Ljubljana. And now they are one of the core products like AR, VR, XR experiences uh, that everyone can use on the destination. Virtual tours were something that was really um, popular during the COVID times and helped us develop uh, self-guided tours now for the visitors in Ljubljana. So, but it gave us a lot of times to reconsider what digitalization means, what kind of a tourism we want to develop, and what does digitalization uh, have to do with sustainability on our behalf. The momentum in the development of digital services in Ljubljana, which started with COVID, continues and is now expanding into other innovative and experimental fields, bringing together the public sector, the private sector, and students from all over Slovenia. I'm working on a really lovely project uh, it's called Smart Tourism Hackathon. We are going to do it first time now in November. It is a project meant to connect public and private institutions and also students from all over Slovenia um, in a multidisciplinary level uh, searching for smart tourism solutions based on digitalization. Uh, students will have to find solutions for uh, hospitality sector and destinations. And we are going to do it with private partners outside of the tourism sector. So not only hotels and uh, restaurants, but also with IT companies. So that is something that we are really looking forward to. Gathering data can be very useful, obviously, but how do you make sense of it and how do you make good use of it? When we started implementing digital solutions, a lot of data appeared and now we were faced what to do with all this data. How can we use it, manage it? And now that's the main focus, I think, for now, building on data-supported business decisions. Centralizing, sorting, modeling data in a way that turns it into a useful resource requires a lot of work. We, as Ljubljana Tourism, get the standard data of who is staying at our uh, destinations, how old are they, where they come from, how long they are staying at the destination. Now the data we get is scattered all around. So the municipalities started building a platform, a smart city platform, which will allow us to get the data on one point. So when they started 
building a platform, they did a research of open data and they found around 300 open data sources that were publicly available, but not gathered and processed at the same time. There's a lot of work I had to do. And in Ljubljana, it's all hands on deck. That will be a focus in the following period to have a better understanding of the data. And that's it for another episode of the You Smart Tourism podcast. And thanks to our guests for their great thought-provoking insights. Sign up for a newsletter to stay up to date on the future of tourism in Europe. And thank you for listening. For your interest in smart tourism, see you in the next episode. Smart gets you further.